Hey, it's Jason with the Marketing Podcast Network. As a business-to-business marketer, your needs are unique. B2B buying cycles are long and your customers face incredibly complex decisions. Isn't it time you had a marketing platform built specifically for you? LinkedIn ads empower marketers with solutions for you and your customers. LinkedIn ads allow you to build the right relationships, drive results, and reach your customers in a respectful environment. On LinkedIn, you'll have direct access to and build relationships with decision makers. Of the 875 million users on the network, 180 million are senior-level executives, 10 million are C-level executives. You will also be able to drive results with targeting and measurement tools built specifically for B2B, and they work. Audiences exposed to brand messages on LinkedIn are six times more likely to convert. LinkedIn Ads is also ranked number one for security, community, and ad experience as part of Business Insider's Digital Trust Study. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash MPN and claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash MPN. Terms and conditions apply. Search engine optimization can be confusing, but your business can benefit from it regardless of what you do. SEMrush, an all-in-one digital marketing suite, can cover key SEO activities, including tracking your competitors' keyword strategies, improving search rankings, and much more. Why choose multiple solutions when you can use just one? Start your free trial today and get on top. Go to bit.ly slash SEMrushMPN. That's B-I-T dot L-Y bit.ly slash SEMrushMPN. What's good, people? Welcome back to the business of podcasting. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and in today's episode, we have very special guest, Adam Adams. This is one of the podcast veterans. I couldn't wait to get on a show to really get his perspective on what's happening in podcasting. And I had some real personal questions for Adam as well. Some of them were a little more challenging to answer, and it was overall a great conversation. And one thing I like about Adam is he's also a business owner. He's one of the podcasters that has actual companies he makes money from his it's fine to say yeah i make money or i don't want to make money from podcasting it's okay to say i only care about having fun and all that it's okay but most of the time people say that i am be honest i don't really believe them i know they're just saying that because they want to make money they don't know how so it's refreshing to talk to somebody like adam and we got into a real real good conversations about stuff like that so enjoy this episode and make sure you stay tuned until the end i got something special for you hello everyone and welcome in to the pod super excited to finally have adam on the show it's been a while it's been a lot of back and forth to get this done adam thank you for being on the show i'm excited i'm looking forward to today so what I really want to get into today is specifically what podcasting means to you. Like, how has it impacted your life? And the first question is, where do you think you would be if you could not podcast? Wow, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked. I'm going to start asking that on my show because that's really good. <laughs> where do I think I'd be? Man, I'd probably be running a meetup group or I probably would have published a book by now because so, what's what podcasting does is a hybrid between writing a book and running a meetup group so meetups are really cool because you're the authority you're in the front of the room you're the leader people look up to you people respect you people 
uh, do business with you before they do business with other people that are at the meetup. That's just the way it goes when you're in the front of the room. They, you're more trustworthy and it helps them to understand your credibility a lot more. And same thing with the book. That's your way of identifying your authority in and bringing people toward you without necessarily selling. So if podcasting wasn't around, I would probably be doing more of those two things. But luckily, podcasting is around because it's a ton of fun. You can reach a lot of people at the same time. So I'm really glad I have the ability to do this. I will say I love what you said about the meetup groups. I had first started doing my own meetup groups out here in uh, Seattle for podcasters right before COVID hit. Like my maybe my second one, it was right before COVID hit. It was like I had finally got the library room set up and I was like on the whiteboard answering questions the whole time. It was like perfect. And then the next week, everything was shut down and it killed my momentum. So I'm looking forward to get back into that because I, I agree. I think it's one of the best things you can do. And I think it's overlooked when it comes to meetups. I believe it's something that can help a podcaster grow their show. If you can get a really solid community locally, I think that can help you build a massive brand. Yeah, I agree. So for you, why haven't you written a book yet? I think writing a book can work with a podcast too, or you could like waiting for a specific time or something. Like, how is that working for you? I, I, actually have paid two different ghostwriters. Uh, one ghostwriter for one book and another one for, for a different book. I, my meetup group became world-renowned, and I was like number six in the world. I spoke at meetup headquarters and talked to all the engineers at meetup HQ. The only time I've ever been to New York City or Manhattan was when meetup flew me in on on their dime to kind of hang out with them and a bunch of other top meetup organizers. And I was trying to write a book on that and I paid for, it's so embarrassing, I actually paid for a ghostwriter over two years ago. And for the other book, I paid for that ghostwriter over a year ago. I do apartment investing. I've been investing in real estate since 2005. And and so I, I wanted to put out some content for this book. And I, I couldn't, I knew I was, I'm dyslexic, so I knew I wouldn't write it by myself. So I, I paid a ghostwriter for that and I got started on each one. But there's something about perfectionism or excuses or uh, time that has held me back from even after I paid ghostwriters thousands of dollars for each one. Uh, I haven't, I have never published a book, but uh, it's funny. I've done uh, 10 out of 13 chapters of the meetup book. And I think I'm six out of uh, 13 chapters on the apartment investing book but never ha- never made the time to actually publish. And perhaps it's because the podcast does so well for me. Um, and maybe it's just because I'm making excuses, but I haven't published one. It makes sense if the podcast is doing so well. I'm kind of the same way. I wrote an entire book, put together a full program, everything, like a video course, all of this stuff. And I even put it out. 
it's just sitting. I actually have a book. It's usually in my background and people are like, what's that? And they have questions about it. I'm like, nah, we're not there yet. <laughs> it is, I'm keeping it hidden from the world for now, man. I want to keep it under wraps until I, I think you got to put it out when you're ready. It shouldn't be rushed because then it won't be as good as you want it to be. So I do think perfectionism can slow you down in some ways, but I also think it can save you from yourself in certain ways too. Yeah, I think you're right. There's this quote or somebody who I don't remember if it was a quote or somebody was just saying like perfectionism sometimes can be a good thing. What makes you hesitate? What makes you procrastinate? Sometimes can be either like a sign or a benefit to you why you're procrastinating, why you're holding that off. And other good things can come because you do that. So I, I guess I'll have to just hold to whatever that person said <laughs> while I'm still not publishing the book. Oh, man, that's good. But it's great your podcast is going so well, man. And whenever a podcaster tells me that, I'm always excited to hear it. And then I have a ton of more questions that pop up in my head. So my first one for you as a podcaster, I'm sure you've been doing this for a long time. What has been your favorite interview? Mm. Your, the, fa your, the person you talked to, you just, man, this was a great conversation. What was your favorite interview on your show? I don't think I can pinpoint a favorite interview. I've had some really good, like, benefit to my personal life, having interviews with some really remarkable people that have allowed me to just have a better network of people that I can call on. And so like within the industries, I sold my first podcast. It was about real estate investing. And there was a few people that came on the show. And as a result, I became friends with them. I became connected with them. I could text them and ask them permissions. Like for example, there's this guy named Hal Elrod, who many listeners may have read his book. It's called The Miracle Morning, and he sold millions of copies, and he's now, I'm a lot closer to him. I text him on his birthday, say, happy birthday, brother, and he's he wants to do a meetup called The Miracle Morning Meetup, and so we may I may support him and help him with that, and I've had other people on the show that are a lot further along in their business than I am and I was as when I had them out on the show. But I was able to reach out to them and say, hey, how do you do this one thing? I can't figure it out. And they go, oh, I'll put you right in touch with my attorney. I'll put you right in touch with my CPA who knows that. And so Man. it's been just huge benefits. I can certainly pinpoint a couple of interviews where we just had really healthy banter. Like we were joking around. We had a really good time. And I appreciate those conversations as well. But there's something to be said about increasing the level of the people that are in your network. And that's all came from and stemmed from me hosting a podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's like the biggest advantage by far. Like everybody listening has heard of the miracle. They know what you're talking about. So you putting together media for that would be like amazing, man. That is the biggest advantage to hosting a show. I always tell people if you're starting this for the money, it's the wrong reason. If, if you said you were starting a podcast to network, 
I would cheer you on all day because that's actually genius. And I think some people are taking advantage of it now and because podcasting is more mainstream, but you can still start a show and focus on just networking and connecting with people and have an amazing platform. If that's your only goal, you don't care about making money or selling any products or anything, even any kind of promotion. If your only goal was to network, that would make you an amazing podcaster. I can guarantee that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I agree with you, Chris. So I want to go at this angle of meetups for podcasts because you're an expert now you're an expert in podcasting. So this is something I've been asked about too on Twitter specifically. I've had podcasters ask me about live events and stuff and big events where it's thousands of people, but then also hosting their own small events for their show. What's the first step to setting up your own meetup group, right? What's the first step to getting that going? Absolutely. Just as writing a book, just as starting a business, just as um, starting a podcast. The first step is figuring out how you are unique. What do you do differently? What time do you meet that's different? How often do you meet that's different? What do you teach or do you not teach at all because everyone else teaches? And so you're just there to grab a beer. So as you're creating a meetup, the most important first step is to really spend time doing your reconnaissance. Just like we were in the military, we need to spend a little bit of time understanding what's going on the other side. How many weapons do they have? How, where are they? Are they underground? Are they above ground? Are they by sea? How many, how many personnel are on the opposing side? Are there any mines, landmines that we need to watch out for? And as we figure these types of things out for anything that we're doing, this is the way of ensuring that we're going to go in the right direction, that we're going to be prepared in the right way. And most people neglect that. They think, oh, I'm told that making mistakes is a good thing. And I'm not arguing that point at all. It's just that you don't have to step on landmines and blow yourself up as you're creating your meetup group or your podcast. So first start by doing your recon. And I mentioned this a little bit, but I think it's important to go into a little bit of detail as my own experience when I was creating my meetup around real estate investing. There were plenty of real estate meetups in the city of Denver. I live in and around Denver. I'm in Denver Metro. And I was new. I was brand new here back when I was starting my meetup. Mm. And... I knew that I needed to grow my network, so I knew that I needed to figure out a way to connect with other people. And I, I understood that I could go to other people's meetups, but I also knew that just by going to them, I'm not going to get that credibility. I'm not going to be seen as the authority. And so the best way for me to really connect and grow those relationships with people that I wanted, I had to run my own group. And so my first step was, just as I said, my recon. So I started looking at all the meetups that were around that were in the field of real estate investing. And I looked 
at what time they're meeting, and most of them were on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, and they were at 6 o'clock or 6.30, most of them. Yep. And so I started to think, okay, that's where they're going. And many people would deduce, oh, okay, then I, I have to I, – my meetup also has to be at Tuesday or a Wednesday, and it has to be at 6 or 6.30 because that's when meetups are. So I've got to do what everybody does. And that I call <laughs> red ocean. There's red ocean. There's blue ocean. Yeah. And so what I – as I was looking at this, I said uh, – very few meetups are meeting on Thursday. There was like two meetups that were breakfast clubs, but they were not working out very well. And there was a ton of dinner-like time meetups. And there was one meetup that met and had only networking. It was called the Badass Real Estate Investing Group. And <laughs> what so a cool cliche. thing. All they did was grab <laughs> beers. They weren't allowed to pitch. And, and they were the unique one at that time. And then there was others that were there to sell you their course. I've got a, I'm a real estate coach. I'm a real estate mentor. Pay me $15,000, and I will show you how to do your first deal. And there was no, and they all met one time per month. Okay? That's what I saw when I did my recon. And so I decided to be the first ever niched down group. All of these others were broad. Hey, this is how to real estate invest. We teach wholesaling, and we teach fix and flipping, and we teach rentals, and we teach all the lease options yeah, and subject everything. twos. We'll teach whatever. Oh and so yes. I said, there's nothing out there that teaches just creative real estate, how to think a little bit differently. So I wanted to be the first ever niched real estate investing group. I also wanted to be the first ever... Well, besides badass real estate investing group that only met one just to have a beer, I wanted to be the only one who taught content without having a course. And so I, I said, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to be the only one that, to meet at lunch. I'm going to call it the lunch club. It's a lunch club that people can feel that they're a part of. I'm a part like of the that. lunch club. I'm a member of the lunch club. Not I go to this meetup sometimes. I am a member of the lunch club. So I did that. The next thing that I made sure to do is I was a weekly meetup, the only weekly meetup. And I again, just like anything that you're doing, if you're doing it differently, you have to have a story behind it. So my story behind being weekly at the time was that I shared at every meetup is this meetup is the only meetup that's weekly. I've learned because of studying some psychology that it takes six to 13 times, six to 13 times for you to meet somebody in person, for you to trust them enough to start doing business with them. And I don't want you to I don't want to host a meetup group that takes 6 to 13 months just for you to start doing your first deal. That's just a waste. So that's why we meet every single week and that's why our members come back every week. Because they want to be able to connect with others, they want to be able to start doing deals right away and then I would have a story about why we were free. There's a lot of meetups out there. That, go ahead. 
before you continue, I love that point of making it different using the story specifically because you just saying it's different doesn't really make it different. And I think we fall into that trap a lot of times by saying, hey, I'm different over here. But it's like, why? Like, you have to have a solid reason. So even the name you gave it, the lunch club, everybody else is at night, it's weekly. That's really clear. And I think podcasters can do that same thing, whether it's if it's a a podcast, we have a show where you talk about movies or something and you come in every day, every Friday, and you talk about a new movie coming out or you go and see a movie together or something. You can create your own culture. I I think that's what you did very well. You created your own culture there. I love that. 100%. And on the point that you made, Chris, about the why, I think it's important for any of us who are starting a podcast today, for any of us who are starting a meetup group today or a business today, is to show that why and illustrate it it by then saying the word because. If you're listening to this and you think that the word because is no big deal, Write it down in big, giant capital letters. Put asterisks by it. Put exclamations by it. Put it in quotes. Underline it five times. Circle it in red. The word because. We meet weekly because. I host this, this podcast about podcasting because. I'm, I host this meetup group that I'm running is free because there's a lot of meetups out there that are charging 100 or 300 dollars. I don't care about your 100 or 300 dollars. I'm doing this because I want to do business with you. I want to do deals with you. I want to sell you my wholesale deals. I want to invest in apartments together with you. I want to be able to get a rental with you. That 1 to 300 dollars is pointless to me. Because when yeah. you, because when you and I do business together, you and I, not just me, you and I are going to both make thousands of dollars. I don't need the hundred or the three hundred like all these other companies, these other meetups are doing. Right? I love that. You're playing. Or on the game. other end, sorry, sorry to cut you. Or on the other end, everyone else is three hundred dollars. It's three thousand to join this meetup. You can come once to check it out for free, but if you want to be a member of this group, it's $3,000. Now, my group wasn't $3,000. I'm just saying (laughs) that you have to say this is different, and here's why. It's because we want only serious people. Anyone can afford $100 to $300 to go to a, a meetup where nobody's even done a deal. This is a serious group. Where people pay three thousand because they know what it, what kind of other people are here that they're actually going to be doing deals. Another, another one is it makes it different too because you again a lot of times we hear that high ticket pricing charge which are worth crap and there's no real why behind it. But if you can justify saying hey this is three grand, but when you come into this group you're going to get deals done with other people. That changes the game completely. And I think to tie this back into podcasters, you have to find a strategic way to set up your group to where if you are charging a price for your meetup, the value exceeds that price. It exceeds that price. So if you're charging a hundred bucks, like you said, everybody can afford that, but depending on your field and your niche, your expertise or whatever, it's going to be different for everybody. 
but the value of that group needs to exceed whatever price you're charging. That way it becomes a no brainer and you get the right people. I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. Uh, I could illustrate just a couple other points because I could illustrate a couple other points for the listener so that they it really understand the difference here. I would say the reason we meet at lunch is because it's very difficult for people to get here on a weekday for two hours plus an hour drive. You're basically taking your whole day just to be here at lunch. Most people can't do that. They have full-time jobs. You, We want to save those other groups for the people that are brand new, just starting out. We meet at lunch because we know that the only people that can make it here are serious. And I would even illustrate it even further. And I would say, raise your hand if you've done a deal more than just your personal residence. And 97%, almost 100% of the hands would go up. And I would show that to illustrate we're doing deals in this group. So anything that anything that you do differently, and I could share any of those points, why we met more often, why we were about creativity, why we met at lunch, why we, et cetera, why we didn't sell, anything that we did that was different, we have a story behind it, and we illustrate it by using we do it differently because, and then we give the reason. So anyway, really beating a dead horse, but I think, it's, I think it really helps us to understand how important it is to do your reconnaissance and to really find your niche in the blue ocean, not the red ocean. Yeah, and I love that whole example. Man, that is so important because I believe podcasters have to find a way to promote their show differently. Everybody's making videos. Everybody's doing audiograms. Everybody's posting graphics on Instagram. But if you were one of the few podcasters in your state, in your city, even your state that said, hey, we're having a meetup for our show, then that extends a hand to your audience now. That right there alone is completely different and not necessarily just to do a live show, but to really connect with your audience, connect with people who are your listeners. And I think this would especially work if you have a business, because like you said, if you set up a group and you're not there trying to sell, you're just there to educate and actually help other people and connect with them. People will end up buying. When I hosted my meetup groups, I wasn't trying to sell anything, but I ended up selling because I wasn't trying to. So I think it's a side effect of, you just, uh, I call it living in your greatness. When you just show up and you exist in your best, fullest form, then people want to pay you money for whatever you do, right? Like I've had people say, hey, I don't know what you do, but I want to pay you. And I'm like, I don't really <laughs> get what you mean, but it comes with just showing up. And when you go to these events and stuff and you, you try to sell from stage, the worst presentations are the people who are selling the entire time. But the best are the ones who just go up there provide extreme value, very specific solutions to the audience. And that's what I believe a meetup group should be doing every week. If you have a podcast and you're trying to build a brand. hundred percent. I will say that there is this thing called, I call it push and pull. And in fact, there's a sales trainer Sandler. They call it the Sandler method, but he's all about pulling instead of pushing. The pushy salespeople are the ones these days that 
are not really get, getting very much traction. And I believe that as, like in the 1800s, in the early 1900s, if you were louder and taller and more authoritative and more confident as you were speaking, and you would basically tell people what to do and push them, then you would make the most amount of sales. But as time goes by, we've learned to be locked up. Like we've learned to be closed off. So much so that when you want to buy a new car or when you want to buy a new T-shirt and you literally go into your favorite clothing store or you're like, I know that I want to buy an Audi because Audis are legit. And so you go into the Audi place. This is what happens. Somebody says, how can I help you? You get so closed off. You're like, oh, nope, just browsing, just looking. I don't need any help. But you want to buy that Audi. You just don't want some, you don't want that stigma of somebody pushing you and telling you, oh, these wheels are 20 inch rims and they're made of aluminum alloy, which means that there are this and that. And it, all the features are written in cursive, which is a real nice feature. So you don't want to be sold. You don't want to be pushed. You definitely want to buy. You're there for a reason. You walk into your favorite store and they say, how can I help you? You're like, just looking. You don't say, I really want to buy a nice shirt today because you're afraid that you're going to get pushed. So what ended up happening after the 1800s and 1900s is salespeople, the good ones, have done exactly what you're doing, Chris. Just like people come up to you and they say, I want to buy whatever you have. I don't even know what you got, but I want to give you money. It's because you are polling. You're not pushy. You're not, hey, you have to work with me. Hey, I'm the best at this. Because people are like, geez, that's too much. You found a way to be a light beacon and to let people come to you and to let them, you're putting out content, you're adding value to their life, and there's this law of reciprocity where they're like, man, Chris has done so much for me. How do I give back? Whatever he's, whatever he's selling, I want to be part of it. So if we want to be, And this is for your listener who's a podcaster or starting a podcast or starting a meetup or starting a business. If they can put out good content and be that light beacon like Chris does, then they're going to be able to attract people that are like, man, I just appreciate this person so much. I don't care what they're selling or how much it costs. I'm in. I want to be a part of that. And so remember that these are magnets. Just think about it like the sell, the pushy mm. salesperson is the north magnet. Yeah. Back in the day when we were all passive, we were all the negative magnet. We were all the south end magnet. And it was a perfect fit. We went hand <laughs> yeah. in hand. But now we're so afraid of being sold, we're pushy. We walk into the store where we want to buy, and we're already got our guard up. So the salesperson, they all they got to do is turn around, pull, have that negative side, have that south side, so that the pushy side, the guard up side, is something's different, and they snap together because 
they are finally a perfect match. So as we sell, all we got to do is add the most amount of value, give and give. Never try to be pushy because that's what lasts for our listener. Yes, man. Yes, you're preaching right there. I love that. Don't be pushy. Even when you're trying to get people to subscribe to your podcast, like let them know, hey, I have a show on this. You're going to learn these things here. Go and subscribe. That's it. Don't be pushy when it comes to anything. It just it doesn't end well. People can smell that desperation and it'll frustrate you to no end, man. So just be more conscious, I think, about everything that you're doing. When it comes to your podcast, even when you're trying to get guests on your show, don't be too desperate, man, because when people smell that pushiness, they immediately run the other way. Um, man, this was so great, Adam. I feel like we can keep going forever. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but let people know where they can find you online and if they can attend one of those special meetups. <laughs> Best place to go is growyourshow.com. Um, that's our website, Grow Your Show. We support podcasters by helping them get a bigger audience. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Podcast Profit Club. And I really appreciate you guys, man. The show is growing. We're doing really well. We just started, but it's really making an impact already. And so I have a special gift right now. We're opening the doors to the waitlist for the Podcast Profit Club community. Now, this will be exclusive. It's going to be free as well. It's just you put stuff behind the entry wall because that just makes it a little better for the people in there. We can have some really good conversations. And we've been bringing in some experts that have, man, some of them have been podcasting longer than me. They'll be inside the Podcast Profit Club community. And I'm really excited for that so you can check the link in the description below to join the podcast profit club community and again thank you for tuning in if you have not make sure you review the show not on itunes not on apple on Podchaser. We put a link to Podchaser down in the description below. Shout out to Podchaser. If you're a podcaster, you got to add your show there. Go and claim it and start getting your reviews there because it's a universal platform. Not just people with Androids or people with iPhones. Everybody can review your show there. And I think that's what we should be striving for. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Coach Chris and I will see you next time. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but there are other great shows on MPN to help your business too. I'm Jason Falls. I host The Rise, the community commerce marketing show. There we explore an exciting new category of marketing strategy and automation focused on driving brand growth through your own community. So you start with your own customers, employees, followers, and partners and empower them to recommend and refer your brand. You can subscribe to The Rise, the community commerce marketing show at marketingpodcasts.net or by searching for The Rise the community commerce marketing show wherever you get your podcasts go subscribe this podcast is heard along the marketing podcast network for more great marketing podcasts visit marketingpodcasts.net